0: It's wonderful how, how the American people display their sportsmanship. Thank you for tuning in to the first off-season episode of the Often Daunted Podcast with me, Burke White. I'm usually breaking down the games um just immediately after but uh, I figured this off season I'd put out an episode a week uh, every Monday sorry for this one day lapse won't let it happen again um just uh giving you an update with uh, what's happening around the big ten uh just just an overview really and then uh, just talking about one different topic each episode this episode I'm gonna be uh, just talking about uh season's best and worst uh just recapping the season as a whole going through it Um, yeah, yeah, Uh, it's going to be fun to see how this works, um, how this offseason format will go. Uh, just going to start out with some of the news happening around the college basketball landscape because, hey, we have our final four and there isn't a single number one seed in it. In fact, either FAU or San Diego State are going to be playing for the national title against who should be in our spot. I mean, Miami, Miami or UConn, but that UConn team looks unbeatable right now. If anybody's been watching the tournament, I'm sure you all have. It's, it's just been a crazy season, and it just breaks your heart to see how our guys went out. All things considered, this season wasn't a failure. With all, with all the just tough hands we were dealt at times, it wasn't a failure. But it just is heartbreaking to see. It's exciting for these new schools, but I don't need new schools winning titles. I want to get back to these older schools winning titles. Let's get back to just tossing them between us and UCLA. Alabama went down because Brandon Miller just has the worst night of shooting in the history of college basketball. Or at least the big dance. I mean, on 35 attempts, it said uh, whoever took at least 35 attempts, I think he had around 17%. Just insane how that happened. (laughs) If you didn't see uh, Nick Saban's comments on uh, one of his players getting uh, legally tied up, we'll say. And just how he's not going to tolerate any of that. And how he basically just like daddied Nate Oates (laughs) in front of everybody. That was crazy. But, it, it, yeah, it, it, it must be quite the dynamic when they're sitting in there at the uh, athletic department meetings. So, Alabama, boo-hoo, you don't get basketball. Get the hell out of here with that. I don't need Alabama being good at basketball. You get the one thing, and you get way too much of that one thing already. You're, it's just gluttonous, sinful, what they're doing in Alabama. I'm not going to get into the tournament too much. I mean, you guys have been watching it. This is an Indiana podcast. I'm going to be talking a little bit of the Big Ten. But just heartbreaking to see how Michigan State went down. I don't root for them to win a title, you guys. I don't need anybody in the Big Ten winning a title other than Indiana. I don't need to hear their fans. I don't need You can root for the conference, but that that is just at what cost? At what cost are you willing to root for this conference? Good to see them, I mean, Izzo show out in the most Izzo way possible with a decent run in March. Unfortunately, they just ran into the greatest point guard in the country, and Kansas State ended up beating them ninety eight to ninety three. After after you saw how they beat Marquette, you really thought that this could this could do something, but um, good for them. I think their front court is returning. It's gonna be pretty tough. I mean, Kohler and Sissoko coming back. Those are some big boys. Those are some big boys banging down low with a whole nother off offseason with Tom Izzo. Keep an eye out on them because they're going to be a force to reckon with. Those guys Those guys are very raw talents, but again, just another offseason of them honing their craft, and I really think that uh, shocking Michigan State. Watch out for them next season. Other uh, Big Ten news, we got uh, Micah Shrewsbury leaving uh, Penn State for Notre Dame. Getting a bag and a half to do it. I think Penn State was willing to offer the same amount of money um, to keep them. but I think Penns, I think uh, Notre Dame might have the NIL a little more NIL money. I don't, I don't really know where they compare to each other as as far as our basketball programs go. They're both football schools. Both their football teams are going to dominate most of the NIL uh, focus. But yeah, just to, just y- you hate to see Micah Shrewsbury leave the Big Ten. I really thought that this guy was going to be uh, part of the force that uh, fast-forwarded this conference into a more modern style of basketball. He started; he was bringing the modern game to the Big Ten, utilizing the transfer portal, really uh, showing showing uh, everything he had. He, he weaponized it. He did very well to get land that uh, next gig. Uh, yeah, as as it's props to Notre Dame for getting him, but I just really wish we could have kept kept him in conference, kept challenging him. Because he he would have challenged other teams to uh, maybe think twice about just the same bruising Big Ten basketball. Here's hoping that uh, somebody else can do that. The the fact that Penn State let, you have to give him everything he needs. This has been the best season in your program's history. Guess what? Look at the future. There's money in basketball. And it is a hell of a lot less uh, liable to insurance or something like that than football. I, it just makes sense. I mean, the future is basketball. Basketball is the fastest-growing sport in the world right now. I don't know if that's a fact. Don't fact-check me. But until they're taking their own program seriously, nobody else can. Penn State is right back to the bottom. You let that guy get away, you're right back to the bottom. Whatever Notre Dame is paying, and one. Okay, and one. <laughs> they're paying $5 million. Okay, $5 million and one. Oh, their NIL somehow found $400,000. Okay, ours found $400,000 4, Like, it just, it's sad. It's sad. There are Penn State basketball fans out there. I actually listened to a pretty decent podcast. Pretty great podcast. Uh, Shots Gotta Fall. Two guys, uh, two Penn State fans. I think this was their first season uh, doing it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, they, they were hurt by Shrewsbury. They don't know if it was a... Uh, Stepping stone job for him or if, because I don't know how much of the financials have all come out, but uh, yeah, it's just seems pretty distraught and happy valley. Seth Lundy announced that he's going to be going to the NBA. Jalen Pickett's obviously heading to the NBA. It's a, yeah, it's, it's incredible that Penn State couldn't find a way, couldn't find money for him in the NIL era, in the NIL era. Find it because you need to keep guys like that. And, hey, if that means James Franklin doesn't have to finish third, yeah, if that means James Franklin ends up having to finish fourth instead of third in the Big Ten, dude, you got to give them the money. Basketball team was growing. Basketball team was getting interest. They were making a run in March, and that is how you build a fan base. But, man, did they fumble the ball here. No way around it. Penn State, absolute joke of a program until they are willing to take themselves seriously and invest in themselves. Other Big Ten news, I don't know if I touched on it last episode. We all saw Evie's comments regarding if he was coming back or not, just saying that, hey, if it wasn't about money, I'd be back. Apparently, he's uh, giving, yeah, that's the ball to uh, Purdue. What kind of NIL can we put together to keep who will probably be the national player of the year? I don't know if they'll be able to find it, but if they're able to make anything comparable to, well, let me see, okay. All right, yeah. Looks like the uh, minimum in the NBA right now is about nine hundred and fifty-three thousand per per <laughs> sportskeeda, whoever that is. Sportskeeda, nine hundred and fifty-three thousand a year. Um, Indiana is, I think, like the fourteenth. I don't know where those numbers come from, but I think I saw somewhere we're like fourteenth, somewhere in those mid-teens for our NIL uh, strength. And I think we were, trace was somewhere around four fifty or something. I don't think they're going to be able to offer an NBA minimum. Money, because uh, Edie will get drafted somewhere. Somebody will give him a shot, because he will be the national player of the year. Sign your contract, make your money. Good for him. And get out of Purdue. I can't wait to see what monster they pull out from under the floorboards, because there always is just a seven-footer waiting in the wings just a step out of the shadows, but I guess we'll see in due time. Right? Yeah, so we had Jet Howard leaving for the NBA. Pretty awesome, if you ask me. I wouldn't mind to see the older Howard also leave for the NBA. Just go find a job, dude. Just go be a personality up there. Uh, Yeah, Wisconsin is the only team still competing right now in the Big Ten. They play tomorrow, today, if you're listening, on Tuesday. and But, I mean, what are you playing for? What are you playing for? If you are doing the – in the transfer portal, the days of the transfer portal – I would be livid. I was like UNC, like, you. shame on you for sticking your nose up at the NIT. No. You cannot afford to play in the NIT if you want to be serious about the big dance. If you're not in the big dance, you need to be addressing every issue in your program that has barred you from being there. That starts with tearing it down, hitting that transfer portal hard as hell, and getting the train back on track. No pun intended for Purdue losing to a 16th seed. Yeah, Wisconsin, good for you. I hope you win. I hope you win and just have to play another week of basketball while we're out here hunting. We're out here hunting. We're out here trying to find the guys that are going to take Indiana over the top. Indiana has a lot of holes to address, but they're doing it. They're out there working. They're logging the miles to try and land some of these guys this offseason. We got the bag to do it. We got ammunition. Here's hoping Mike Woodson is able to go out there and uh, bag the big one. Ooh, shit. I'm getting all emotional on this. How <laughs> both the hell out of that? Not Big Ten news. Um but to, to Tobin Anderson to Iona is something of note. <laughs> they didn't even belong in that spot. Merrimack won the tournament. It should have been Merrimack's bid, but man did Tobin Anderson take full advantage of that opportunity to whoop on Purdue. And and he's stepping into a sweet gig at Iona. Rick Patino has built something has built a nice job there. He built a pretty sweet gig for someone to just swing into. It, it took a lot of work because he's a recruiting demon. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a pretty nice spot to land, and it was just nurtured and curated by one of the slimiest and best I ever do it, Rick Pitino. <laughs> Lastly, uh, just news before we get into a little transfer talk. I just I just want to discuss, like, the most ridiculous tweet I saw. <laughs> I don't know why it stuck with me. Just this Chris Williamson guy who uh, just tweeted how he felt so bad for chloe after she missed that layup in that town how bad she must be feeling in that town right now and it's like he he didn't like not knowing how much we support this girl's team like no matter what who could yeah there there were several things that could have went differently in that girl's game against miami and uh it's just completely unbased just mudslinging by someone who i think on his amazon profile or his twitter profile said he was an amazon Prime freelance reporter or something, and I'm just like, what is that? I, I reviewed a nightstand I bought once. Am I a freelance reporter for Amazon? I don't, yeah, it's like Chris Williamson, 44. Played safety at Syracuse. Still has 44 in his name. Like, NFL's going to be calling sometime. Just ridiculous. I just can't, it's just, <clears throat> it's just looking for shit where there is none to find. It's the problem with everything. And I'm ranting in this microphone, and I'm moving on. That just stuck in my cryo. Love Chloe. Love this whole squad. Speaking of which, Grace Berger, thank you for everything you did to just get this Indiana women's program where it is. It's you and Terry. Whenever the girls do hang a banner, it's on your shoulders. Like, it's on the back of Giants. (laughs) Yeah, it's on the shoulder of Giants, and you absolutely delivered. You and TJD both. That's the case. I'm confident that Indiana is competing on both fronts from here on out, and it's, it's credit to Grace and TJD. That these programs are where they are. And again, just Miami beating us in both games is so crazy. Absolutely astounding how that happened. That win- that travel violation is a crime. Of course, they're not going to call it on the end of the game, but... Yeah, it's just heartbreaking. It always seems to be refs hosing Hoosiers. <laughs> always. So, uh, before we get into uh, recapping the season a bit, the highlights, the lowlights I've had, <laughs> just personally... Uh, Yeah, I've had. Listen to me. I've had as a fan just watching this squad. Um, We're going to get into some transfer talk. So, uh, yeah, here's a little new intro. Time for transfers. This transfer season is – it's popping off, people. It's going nuts. I mean (laughs) – I'm sure you guys all listen to every Indiana podcast if you're listening to this one. And you know all the names out there. We got uh, E.K. Graham. Yeah, Graham E.K. from Wyoming. We all remember him from our uh, first four matchup with them. Nice size. I'd love to get him. Has plenty of experience. Arizona had Kirk Creasa. Kirk Creasa, however you say it. Leave the program after two years. Of course, Sean Miller was the one who recruited him, so many have tied him to Xavier, but he could go anywhere. He's an asshole. <laughs> no. He could go anywhere. Um, that being said, I would be so okay with Indiana not going anywhere near him. If it goes well, it could go fabulously if you sign on Kirk Krisa. If it goes horribly, it could go horribly if you sign on Kirk Grisa. Honestly, I just see if we if we absolutely pursued him, gave him everything we had in this uh, transfer market, we could end up with one of the most frustrating Hoosiers of all time. Caden Shedrick. Shedrick, sorry, Caden uh entered the transfer portal. Six eleven Virginia Center. <clears throat> yeah, he flubbed the hell. he he flubbed the Hail Mary to uh, end Virginia's season in just a, a terrible terrible heartbreaking fashion but man that guy's won basketball games I want him I I would love to see the Hoosiers go full bore to have this guy fill the hole that TJD has left um him and Malik in the front court would be something to behold I think uh I think Malik after this offseason is just going to be a monster so I'm also a reckless optimist so even though he fumbled it that guy stepped up more than he's uh I mean that was astounding how that game ended but Caden Shedrick, I, I want him. That would be just phenomenal. Every, of course, everyone wants him. He can go anywhere he wants, I imagine. Latest news is Puff Johnson's getting sniffed at by Indiana per John Rostein. What a switch North Carolina to Indiana would be for a player. That's experiencing some uh, royal, royal treatment. But uh, yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah, again, in this transfer thing I'm going to be doing each week, I'm just going to be throwing out the names we're hearing. I'm not going to be diving into them too deeply. That'll be every other show. You hear them every other, everywhere else. Great shows out there. Love Indiana's uh, content. Everyone's putting out some great stuff. And uh, yeah, you can really hear these. Some, some shows out there are really diving into these transfers, but uh, I'm just going to be giving you a shotgun overview. Another name out there right now is Peyton Sparks from Ball State. Being talked at as a backup for uh, Malik out there. I don't know too much about him. Yeah, our front court needs help. Our needs help. I would much rather have Cade and Shedrick, but uh, let's see. Let's see what Peyton Sparks got. Again, whoever we do get, I support until they give me a reason not to. So, um, other names out there. You got. You guys all heard Jameson Battle's name out there. Indiana. Indiana expressed interest to him back when he was uh, moving to Minnesota from I think George Mason, George Washington. One of those two. And uh, I, I think he'd be an. Awesome addition for the Hoosiers. He was pretty much Minnesota's team when uh, da- Dawson Garcia wasn't there to take on Trace. And just what he brings to the game, I think, really fits into any scheme. He can shoot, he can drive, he can pass. Uh, I-, I think he, yeah, it'd be nice to have him stretching the floor out there, opening up the floor for Malik to uh, utilize his footwork. Just cook. Yeah, like I said, Graham Ike's out there. Another big body. Wouldn't mind to have. I think, I think there's like four spots right now, three or four, that we'll have available to uh, hand out some offers. There's another name out there, Kawasi Reeves, 6'6 point guard, who uh, grew a bit this year at Florida. Um, yeah, he, he was uh, recruited as a point guard, but 6'6 now. I think he was running the three most of the time for Florida. I, uh, just a highly touted guy, and everyone wants a piece right now. The name Indiana seems to be targeting the hardest that many programs are is Nick Timberlake. The 6'4", 205-pound guard. Uh... Said he wants to play at the highest level and compete in March. Here's hoping, I mean, he intends to do so here. Indiana is back to competing in March. Gotta keep the train rolling forward. Gotta keep uh, progressing. Timberlake is a great long-range shooter. Looks to take the three every chance he gets, <laughs> which he gets at over 40%. Shooting's king. It's where the game's going. We need shooters. We need guys looking to shoot, guys who can shoot well. Mike Woodson was quick to make the visit in person. I'm sure we had a whole package ready for him, so... Here's hoping things come our way. That being said, another name that Indiana has highlighted, Indiana is visiting, uh, Chris Ludlam from Harvard, big three who can also uh, play the four, run the four. He's uh, able to drive, drive to the rim at a level that Indiana has lacked from the three, from the four. I mean, heck, even from the two this season. Um, He's able to get to the rim and create his own opportunities. And I, I think Caleb will eventually get there, and he'll be able to do that. He'll be able to create his own opportunities. I think he's an athletic freak. He just needs to be able to control it all. Um, but Chris Ledlam, just is, the time at Harvard he's had, just really has matured. He's a, he's a full blown co- he's a college player. He, he's 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 ready to go. He'd be a great piece for any team. I'd be stoked for the Hoosiers to get. Him. That's that's the last of the transfer talk I'm going to be doing here. Garway Duel, I guess uh, we can mention him. Long point guard, capable of getting to the rim. Just a really really big uh, assortment of moves uh, when getting to the rim, uh, creating his own layups. But what, what all the all that that tells me is that could be a lot of the same as as last year if we were trying to pitch him if we were trying to get him it would be here's the offense is you cook which we did that with Jalen. it didn't work that uh dual uh transfer did happen because of ed cooley heading to georgetown in regards to all this transfer it's, it's crazy it's a crazy time out there now guys but uh how do i feel about all this i say indiana how do you do it how do you uh manage the new waters that are that is the nil era of the transfer portal it's a wild west i think you just target as far as tar, like just target all americans go sell out on those guys like go go all or nothing on recruiting really when it comes to freshmen when it comes to young new faces if you don't get them fine that's just another spot for a nice transfer to that wants to play basketball at Indiana compared to wherever they are there there are plenty scenarios where that is the case yeah that's a I mean that's a really just brutal streamlined way of doing it but yeah target the top guys and then just go get guys with experience guys who have proven themselves to be a commodity I don't know how else you do it but I I mean I'm not paid to I'm just speaking in this microphone just uh vamping for fun so we're going to be getting into those seasons best seasons worst right after this word from our sponsor The Often Daunted Podcast is brought to you by the NIT Tournament. Do you want to pointlessly spend hours and hours of your program's time playing in a tournament to prove that you might be the 69th best team in the country? NIT Tournament. (laughs) The NIT sucks. Go, Go get transfers. Go get transfers. Do not do the NIT. Indiana, never NIT. We should only be competing in the big dance. But God forbid we never be there. We do not accept NIT bids. The Often Taunted Podcast is not brought to you by the NIT tournament. Um, oh, Thank you. All right, really? <laughs> yeah, dang. Long episode getting into the uh, meat of it here. I mean, I, what a season, guys. <laughs> yeah, what a way to start that. Just it was an absolute roller coaster however much hype got out of however much control our expectations were astronomical and this team did fall short in the end while while some things did fall short there were others that surpassed expectation by any any reasonable factor any reasonable yeah any reasonable expectation really there so much hype got built up to kick this season off and and the team really did seem to be buying into it, too, at the beginning. And as much as it seemed like this team could fold, especially just to start the season at times when we hit that skid, uh, this program needs to get to where we can just uh, work in stride with those expectations. When expectations grow, we need, a, we need a squad that can step up and meet those expectations regardless. It's selfish to ask, but man, come on. It's been a while. We deserve it season's worst I mean let's go down the list we got traces back issues just the first proper hiccup in the season you just saw him there were times in the non-conference where he could look like an like an older man running up and down the floor which was crazy because in between him running up and down the floor hobbling at times he was doing the remarkable he was he was jumping out of the gym for multiple blocks a game he was putting up monster stat lines it was crazy it just pains you to see our guy in so much pain doing it. Let's get the injuries out of the way with, I mean, Xavier Johnson's injury. Yeah, Indiana had a lot of hopes. Indiana had a lot of expectations. But a lot of that was because we had one of the most experienced point guards in the country coming back. And he was going to produce a solid uh, mid-teen point line each night for us. We had arguably the best guard in the Big Ten, other than when Jalen Pickett just stepped up and decided he was going to become it. When Indiana got everything back going, when Trace just took this season by the horns, when he made it his own, if we would have had X there, man, this season could have been something truly special. I don't know if anyone was stopping Isaiah Wong when we played them, but as much as we are, we're always concerned with the point production. Xavier Johnson's biggest asset is his his defense, man. He is relentless, and it was was sadly missed this season. But, hey, let's look for silver linings. If he's given that medical leave, which I don't see a reason he shouldn't, other than there are just a lot of college players right now, he'll be coming back with Trey, and that is an experienced backcourt, which is what you need to win in March. We saw it. I like that. I I like the team next year with Xavier's return. So I'm going to choose to say, hey, maybe next season it pays off, and we have... A championship run helmed by Xavier Johnson. It, yeah, that's a big if. That, that would take a lot of pieces. Some transfers fall in our way. But, hey, it, it, look, FAU is playing San Diego State to go to the national championship. You guys, anything can happen right now. Other injury was Race Thompson. Just all the experience was the reason we had this hype. And when Race went down, it was just more. It was just another gut punch in what was just the season just falling off the rails in front of our eyes, just falling out of, out of sort. When they both went down, it was, it was from there on out, it was the Jalen and Trace show. And Indiana needed those guys every night. Every night they had to step up, and uh, those injuries really did tie into the next, I mean, season worse, which was just the hunt for the third guy. Miller Cop would, uh, at times, pass up shots that he should have been taking. Indiana just couldn't find reliable production from a third guy. When, even at some times, when Jalen would have a cold night, we didn't have reliable production from a second guy. These these games would pop their head up time uh, throughout various times in the season. Can't have games like that pop up if you want to make a six-game run in March. Need to find production throughout the floor. Every guy needs to ha- be a threat. It was at times when there was just no threat. <laughs> it, there were times when Indiana felt like there was just no threat. We, there was just no threat on the floor. Big game letdowns. I mean, Arizona, Kansas, and we'll throw in Miami. There, they were oftentimes it just was out of sorts from the tip. If it was injury, anything, whatever it was, uh, just, just un, unfort- yeah, unfortunate to see, and really just, a, just a scar on this season. Just how Indiana wasn't able to show up in the big moments. We beat UNC, sure, but everyone was beating UNC. Other season's worst, <laughs> yeah. You guys, I'm just going down in just the most listical fashion of just my season's worst, cause I want to move on to the season's best and romanticize those a bit. Losing to Northwestern twice, Jesus, Jesus Christ, we cannot do that again. Inexcusable. Whatever, whatever magical season they had, whatever push off of Trey they had, just cannot happen again. No way, no no how. Good God, I'm, I'm yeah, we never, that never happened. Throughout the season, Jalen Hood-Shavino, disclaimer before I say everything else, Jalen, I'm so happy he's a Hoosier, because he is a Hoosier, always and forever. That's our guy. But, man, his, his hot as fire and just cold as ice nature was just frustrating at times this season. When, when Indiana need reliable backcourt production, Xavier's absence was felt at times when Jalen wouldn't be feeling it from the floor. Yeah, yeah, his season ended on a low point. He knows that. I, the the few points he had in the tournament game came really at the end and were just just comfort points. But I can't thank him enough for just the fun I had watching him at times this season. Just 35 points in Mackey, Just ridiculous. It's freaking ridiculous. He's a freaking boiler slayer. But, yeah, I mean, season's worst were those games where Jalen would go ice cold. Because, I mean, it was him and Trace. It was him and Trace. Nobody else. No one else. We couldn't afford to have him have those games. And those ones hurt. They hurt bad. These two kind of go hand in hand. Just Jordan Geronimo and Tamar Bates. Tamar, we saw him really put it together on the defensive end there uh, in March. But offensively, he couldn't find anything going. He couldn't get anything going. Couldn't get anything going down the stretch, and that's when we need it. I I, I I love his game. I love what he brings, but, yeah, it was just a letdown with how how optimistic I was to just see how what what his development could have been in the offseason, what he could be bringing. I thought he was going to be the sixth man of the year when we had our healthy roster and he would be coming off the bench just blowing people's minds with his ability to hit the three. I think it can still happen, but, man, he, we, we really need him to turn it around because he, he couldn't find the bottom of the bucket. I love Tamar's game. When he's, when he's firing, man, it's, it's something to behold. Those, that 17-point game where uh, Michigan State, I think it was, uh, his daughter won the race at halftime. He, just a great great game, great performance by, by him. I'm so happy he's on this squad. I hope that God, yeah, everyone we have needs to stay. like I, I, I never want to see someone leave this team. And while I don't think Tamar's even, I don't think there's many guys in discussion, him and Jordan Geronimo, because Jordan Geronimo, also just his lack of of development again, because I really was optimistic that he would have taken a big jump this year and found a way to be like him and Malik were just going to come off the bench and just slap people in the face. But unfortunately, he too was just unable to get it going throughout the season and uh, really find his own game. He's a freaking athletic superhuman. He's the putback god. But I just pray to God that he can turn it around here. uh, Whatever it takes this offseason. Because I I do like the front court of him and uh, Malik. I do like that. But that is with the idea that Jordan can be the player that I think he can be. I think he can be a Big Ten great, a great Big Ten player. But yeah, his was. And uh, also indicative of just uh, where was the development. Just the entire Indiana defensive aggression throughout the season was just a season worse for me. When, when Mike Woodson got this program back on track, this the defensive identity was a core core characteristic of this program. I thought it was going to be the foundational piece that the rest of the Indiana game plan just, whenever you didn't know what to do, fall back on t- nasty defense because it will create offense. It will create opportunities. And then everything will find its course. But But it was a severe step back in what our defense was doing this season. Yes, there was huge momentum plays where Trace is just swatting dudes' shit right out of the gym, sending them home, sending them packing. But while those plays are big and they garner momentum, I think without those, the the issue of the defensive tenacity, the defensive effort would be more glaring. And I guess time will tell, cause TJD's gone. My last uh, sa- my last season worst here. Oh, I just put Iowa collapse. Just uh, yep, Iowa too. Just terrible performances. Yeah. Let's flush those. Let's forget about those. Those were season lowlights. Ah, each of those stunk. Each of those stunk. No way around it. Let's talk about some highlights. Trace said he wanted to give the fan base hope moving forward, and he did just that. I mean, season's best number one, Trace Jackson Davis. What are you talking about? This guy, you guys know all the accolades he's gotten. All, all, All American. I don't think he was unanimous. I don't know who in that reporter's serial, um, but just an unreal Hoosier, one of the all-time greats. And he, he he was always a consistent player, always put up numbers. But this year, Trace Jackson Davis took his game to just the most unreal level. He was a different animal this season. He came with just a mentality, a tenaciousness, a ferocity, a willingness to lead that Indiana needed. Without him, there's no success. There is no no happy moments. This is a list of seasons worse throughout. He championed every effort for our squad this year, and I can't thank our captain enough for the time he gave us, and I wish him the absolute best because he's going to find a way to contribute in the NBA because guess what? Trace Jackson Davis finds ways to contribute. It's what he does. Season's best is just Trace just finding the seventh gear in his game. Another season's best. Let's talk about uh, Jalen's season. Yes, like I said before, when he went cold, it was it was head-scratchingly cold. Jalen was asked to do so much as a freshman; was able to step up and do every bit of it. Big Ten Freshman of the Year. When 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 Xavier went down, it was on him. It was on him to run the offense, on him to uh, find ways to get Indiana's offense going at times. And credit to him for soldiering up when X went down. Whatever whatever Jalen's lowest games were, like his highest games were some historically Hoosier highs. I mean. <laughs> Let's look at his 35-point game in Mackey. The absolute boiler slayer. Like, that, he will be remembered. I honestly think he might be remembered by Purdue just as much as he is by Hoosiers just because of that game. He is a slayer now of that program. There's a term out there for uh, pitchers that absolutely destroy the Cubs. Cubby killers. And, yeah, I'm going to say he's a boiler slayer. One of my favorite games of this year, uh, just talking about Jalen's game a little more, uh, was just the Ohio State game. He was banging three after three in that game. My buddy was here in the basement, just uh, watching the game with uh, with me and the girls, and it was it was a really great time, really really a highlight of my season. Um, can't thank Jalen enough for just putting on an absolute show in that Buckeye beatdown. It, yeah, in that game in particular, I remember him utilizing his. Uh, in the lane booty bump floater thing where he'd break down the defender, get around him, wait and like feel the defender on his butt. So he knows exactly where he is. Like when the defender caught up right when he feels that pressure goes up with it, just a lot nice little soft right hand. Uh, he, he didn't utilize it as much in the tournament, but yeah, just one of my favorite moves by him. another season. Uh, best for me is just the experience Trey got this year. That's going to be so valuable for the entire program moving forward great to see that him and uh x are going to be coming back and bringing just a high energy defensive effort with uh, a lot of basketball iq and experience to go along with it another season highlight was i mean the trade the the michigan state game was awesome 82 to 69 trey and tamar both had 17 points a game i was like man this is it we were looking for the third guy now we found the third and the fourth we are good let's go full steam ahead banner six that really was a i i tend to spiral out of control after very great victories and that was a very great victory it it was a fun season whatever you say about it it was it was a fun season there was there was some low lights that could have potentially just ruined the whole season those injuries when two of our four seniors go down that is usually season ending for any other program indiana responded and gave us just a fun time this year yeah you can be a hater for how it ended but it was a fun ride the lows were low, but man, those highs were very high. It was great. I, I love this program. I love being a fan. I love where we're going. I love having hope in what is to come for Indiana basketball. And, I mean, speaking of what's to come, I feel like we just, I mean, in this offseason, we just need to get the bench going. Need to nurture CJ, Caleb, and Malik. I really think that they could all become very nice pieces of a Big Ten squad. They, they all bring the effort, and that's the first thing we need. We need to not, them, not let them become jaded and uh, kind of lose that. Uh, I really think those guys talent will uh, be able to take a step forward in this off season. Malik, I mean of course it will. When yeah, when we are back on top guys because w- Indiana is going to be back on top. <laughs> when we are back on top it will have been because of TJD in this season. He hit the fast forward on Indiana's regrowth following the Archie Miller days when he decided to recommit to this program and Mike Woodson. He made sure Indiana's Indiana wasn't just derailed again. Just derailed entirely again. I'm, I'm doing a lot of rail stuff that in this episode I think whatever but when we're back on top it's it's all because of what trace did in this season what what he built here because we can build on this and we can he made in, in he put eyes back on this program got indiana to possibly be a, a, an attractive landing spot for these t- transfer targets everyone can say we need to do a total rebuild but it's easy to do it right now <laughs> it's easy to do a rebuild right now fau just did it and they are in the national they're fighting for national title right now as far as hope goes for next year, despite everything we're losing, we can still build on this. Woodson seems to know it's going to take going after that top talent, and I think that's great. Because Purdue has proven to me time and time again that system ball isn't going to work. You need to go get studs. You need to get guys. You need to get dudes. You need to get dogs. I'm glad to see he's he's trying. But as for the Hoosiers' future... In our next episode, next week on Monday's episode, I'm going to be talking about uh, just what to expect, what, what I personally would love to see from the Hoosiers next season. Uh, yeah, just theorizing, you guys. There's plenty of time this offseason. We're just going to be spitballing, throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks, and I hope you guys uh, enjoy the show. One more new addition to the offseason program. I'm going to be adding a Hoosier history hit. This is your Hoosier history hit. So, for the Hoosier History hit, each of these off-season episodes, I'm going to be just discussing one topic really short, not too long. Uh, Just about Indiana, if it's Indiana University, the state, the school, the program, whatever it may be. I took this class at IU, uh, Spirits and Traditions. It was kind of a cultural history class, which is why I took it. I majored in history, and it, uh, it was a great class, really just kind of... It was kind of just a presentation on the lore of this university, really. It was uh, really fun, but kind of just gave me an idea to just present a little piece of knowledge. Uh, Each episode, figured uh, it just might be a little fun, so here we go. Your Hoosier history hit this week is going to be, what is a Hoosier? The theories, there's plenty of theories out there. What is a Hoosier? The uh, who's here relation uh, seems to be just mere poppycock. Uh, a lot of people say that it, it goes back to uh, commonly entering a room just saying, who's here? And it's like, that's kind of dumb. Uh, there was a, a theory that it was uh, <clears throat> the name comes from uh, a contractor named Hoosier who lived in uh, Louisville and employed men from Indiana, and they were called Hoosier's Men. So, it, yeah, I mean, just Louisville being a little more developed, uh, just called everyone in Indiana Hoosier's Men that's that's just a theory, all of these are kind of discredited, but just throwing out some theories on what is a hoosier. A theory attributed to Governor Joseph Wright derived Hoosier from the word the uh Native American word husa for corn, saying that uh the Indiana uh farmers or whoever was selling the grains down the down the line would uh bring them by boat and they would be called husa men this is yeah husa men. Yeah, but this uh, yeah, unfortunately for him, that HUSA isn't a word for Native American corn. I guess so. That that just was somebody making up lies. But uh, so so the first use of the word "hoosier." What is a hoosier? The first use of the word "hoosier" was uh, from former Uni- United States well, the first uh, documented use, former United States ambassador in Nick- Nicaragua and best-selling author John Finley. He's credited with the uh, first mention of a Hoosier when, in his poem, The Hoosier's Nest, he wrote, I'm told in writing somewhere west, a stranger found a Hoosier's nest. In other words, Buckeye Cabin. Historian Meredith, Nichols, uh, Meredith Nicholson uh, argued that Hoosier had long time prior to Finley's use of it in his poem. Hoosier had been used by people in Tennessee, Virginia, and the Carolinas to refer to a rough country man. But uh, Indiana had just adopted it as uh, without without reference to just rugged nature and um, just the derogatory nature of it, because really it, it kind of was just uh, coined as a put down by them. But they just they adopted it and loved it. Uh, it says uh, here, Jacob Platt Dunn Jr., Indiana historian, uh, did a little research himself, and he found that Hoosier was frequently used in many parts of the South in the 19th century for uh, rough hill people. Claiming the word derives from the Anglo-Saxon word who, meaning high or hill. And, I mean, when you get to that border by uh, Kentucky, it it gets hilly down there. Bloomington, hilly. Hilly is all hell. My calves, look at the gains to prove it. Years of gains on there. So, I mean, yeah, it kind of was a put-down at first, but then Indiana just adopted it and loved it. Uh, This uh, source here, my sources right here are indiana.gov and the the, uh, meanings by... Steve Haller. Um, it goes on to state here that, uh, yeah, it, it was kind of a lot like the name Yankee. In like in that poem I had read before, it was like a he re- refers to a Buckeye cabin. Buckeye was also kind of a put-down term, as Hoosier would have been as well. Um, but for our Ohio neighbors. Um, so, yeah, kind of choppy, kind of a crappy first one. But, yeah, the first use of Hoosier is that of, uh, yeah, as, as Meredith observed, as Meredith Nicholson, meredith the origin of the term hoosier is not known with certainty certain it is that hoosiers bear their nickname proudly so yeah they uh first tried to make it a term yeah they tried to hate on us and we owned it so i love that name yeah with the bloody hoosiers yeah with the slimy nasty hoosiers what you gonna do about it i don't know what accent that was yeah hey you guys uh thank you so much for listening to this uh yeah that was your uh hoosier history hit Thanks so much for listening to this first episode of the Offseason Often Daunted podcast. Uh, kind of sh- changing it up a bit here with the off-season format. I do appreciate you listening to this episode. Uh, if you do like the show, please subscribe. It does help me out. Leave a review, leave a comment, whatever you like. If you want to reach out to the show, if you have any ideas for this off-season thing, I would love for you guys to help me out. Uh, if you have anything to contribute, feel free to reach out to me at oftendaunted at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Often Daunted. Thank you so much again for listening. Hey, it's going to be a long offseason, but I'll be here weekly. Check in. And uh, yeah, once once you've exercised all all that other Indiana Hoosier content out there, come here because I'll be putting it out. Thank you so much. Have a great week, Hoosier fans. God bless. Lux at Veritas.